Welcome. This is Anika Nicole, a certified spiritual life coach. You're listening to a Soulful Rebellion podcast. This show is here to help you overcome toxic religious programming so that you can live life more authentically. I coach people who are going through a spiritual awakening journey by helping them move past limiting beliefs, affirm their true identity, and walk according to their divine calling. If all that resonates, then this show is created especially for you. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of A Soulful Rebellion. It's me here, Nika Nicole, your host speaking. I know it's been a while since I put out a podcast episode, but I decided to start off the new year after my not so impromptu uh, break from the podcast for a little bit. I decided, you know what, let's just wait into the new year and start off fresh. I also want to let you know, quick update to the show is that I'll be now doing eight season episodes moving into the new year and taking one month break off. So I will be going for another mini break, if you will, for a little bit. But I just felt that that would make it easier for me to manage my time and have some consistency on this show. Also, you may have already noticed this and I may have spoken about it before. But for those of you who have been here from the beginning, I decided to shift focus for the show a little bit from just from speaking about spiritual awakening in general to more speaking to people who have had a similar journey as me because I realized as I began to share my journey on the show and in other places online people have connected with me the most from my Christian background experiences from having a whole faith shift from there to where I am now so I decided you know what I'm going to go more in that direction since that is the topics that people who I spoke to and people, clients who come to me tend to want to know and learn more about. And it's more relevant to my experiences. And it's the best, it's the way that I feel like I can best serve you and help you thus far. So I'm also shifting focus there. So you may notice that I will start to talk a bit more about things relating to people who are going through a faith transition, a faith shift, deconstruction, spiritual awakening. So many different names for it, but I'll begin to talk more and more on this show about those topics, still choosing to focus on subconscious mind and higher self. Those things will still be there, but I'll also be bringing up more things as it relates to transition and faith and the spiritual awakening from a religious perspective. So for today's episode, I'm going to talk about what spiritual growth truly entails and how to uncover common blocks along the way. So you may want to grab your pen and paper for this episode and I encourage you to stick around to the end because I'm going to unveil seven strategies to elevate your spiritual journey in the new year. Let's get ready to dive in. The first thing I want to talk about is what does spiritual growth mean? I know it's the new year and a lot of us, it's a time of the year where we, you know, reevaluate our lives, set goals. One of the main goals that we tend to reach for is our spiritual life. We want to get our spiritual mindset, life in that area of ourselves in order. So I decided to start this year out talking about our spiritual growth and strategies that you can take to improve yourself on your own spiritual journey. So I want to talk first about what does spiritual growth mean for spiritual growth can mean different things for different people. But when I think about spiritual growth, I think about deepening your connection to the divine source, higher power, God, whatever name you have. Uh, I also think about continuously finding a connection with your humanity through acts of service, cultivating a life of peace within yourself and with others, 
openness to change in a positive direction, living life with a sense of purpose and meaning and consistently self-reflecting to see if you're living a life in alignment with your values and holding yourself accountable to when you make mistakes. But I want to encourage you to self-reflect. What does spiritual growth mean for you? That's my definition, but for you, it might mean something different. Now I want to talk about what blocks spiritual growth. We are often hindered in our spiritual growth and development due to self-limiting beliefs that we may have, or for some of us, we're holding on to toxic religiosity that we are working to unlearn or uncomfortable emotions that get in the way of our forward progress. Some thoughts that you may have that cause a block when it comes to your spiritual growth is this needing or feeling that you must be a part of a specific religious community in order to experience spiritual growth. Um, This is important because I know a lot of people who are on their spiritual journey that are in transition from one faith to another or have just walked away from a religious group and are kind of in limbo, so to speak. And you're willing to find a space or community that is in alignment with your current values or belief. And sometimes this means being a spiritual nomad or a lone ranger for a while. And honestly, I've been both. Uh, The thing is, the spiritual journey is about personal growth and self-discovery. I would say you can look to religion as a guide or a framework, but it doesn't mean that any one religion is the ultimate answer. At least that's my opinion. You can still experience spiritual growth while you're in that in-between space, while you're trying to figure out what aligns with you and where is the best path for you. So you, I don't want you to feel attached to a community in order to know that you are growing in a positive direction. Another common thought that some people may have that will block their growth is feeling that you need someone to help you, that feeling that you need a guy in order to experience growth. Of course, As a spiritual life coach, I believe support is invaluable and needed at times. However, the problem comes when you are dependent on someone else as an authority figure over your life instead of holding yourself as being wise and discerning enough to make choices over the spiritual direction over your own life. And I often go through this experience sometimes with clients where there's like this misunderstanding of what coaching is. And I have to like do a bit of teaching about what my role is in the coaching client relationship, because sometimes people will come expecting me to give them authoritative command over what they should do in their life and over a certain situation when that answer could only truly come from yourself. I'm just here to guide you to that answer. but. You shouldn't have to feel the need to look to someone outside of yourself for answers. You often always know before you even go to the person anyway. You know, sometimes what we are really looking for is just the validation or confirmation that we are making the right choice. Another one is holding on to fear-based theology in which you are motivated to take action or inaction from a place of fear. And It can be having fear of some form of serious judgment or consequence for making the wrong decision. This could be believing that 
if you engage in certain spiritual practices, then you might open yourself up to some type of evil. I know of people who, despite the many health and wellness benefits of certain practices like yoga and meditation, for example, they refuse to engage in it because they have this deep-seated fear that these types of practices will open them up to demonic forces. That's just to give you an example of what I mean of how you can experience blocks because it might be something that you might be curious about, interested in trying to feel inclined to do, but because of certain rhetorics or ideologies that you are indoctrinated to believe, you're holding yourself back from exploring certain things or certain aspects of your spirituality because of that fear. Now, other quick examples could be feeling like, or just some thoughts could be, I am not good enough. I am not smart enough. My life will never change. The spiritual journey is too hard. I don't have time for a daily spiritual practice or I don't understand all that spiritual stuff. So you may be wondering, how do you know or how do I know I am experiencing a block on the spiritual awakening journey? Honestly, you must, you mostly have the answer to this question already as i've said you know when you aren't where you want to be or supposed to be on your spiritual journey. i wouldn't say supposed to be but i'll say where you desire to be you know that feeling in yourself when you aren't where you desire to be sometimes the problem is identifying the source so for example you might know you are feeling out of alignment in one area of your life or spiritual journey but may not know where to pinpoint it you may just have a feeling. You might just be feeling stuck in life, or you might feel this sense of disconnection from your authentic self or the divine. You may be feeling a loss of identity. You may feel like your life lacks meaning or lack purpose. Those are things that you may be feeling that lets you know or is a signal to you that something is off with where you are with on your spiritual journey. It is quite possible that you could be feeling any of these things and not exactly know why yet. I find a lot of people come into coaching just knowing you need to make a change in your life, but not knowing where to begin that change. Some people just know that they are tired of feeling the way that they are feeling now and know what they would want to feel instead. And in the process of shifting from an uncomfortable emotional state to a more desired one, they become ignited to make choices that change their life for the better. So now let's talk about strategies or steps that you can take to experience a shift in your spiritual growth journey. First step is self-reflection. So self-reflection is a powerful and transformative strategy for fostering spiritual growth. The practice of self-reflection involves purposefully turning your attention inward, examining your thoughts, feelings, and experiences with a contemplative mindset. One effective way to incorporate self-reflection into your daily life is designating a specific time of your day, whether it's just a few minutes each morning or some quiet time before you head to bed, to just sit and reflect in solitude. A fundamental aspect of self-reflection is cultivating mindfulness. You know, I talk about mindfulness a lot. Mindfulness involves being fully present in the moment. It's about observing your thoughts without judgment and acknowledging emotions without attachment. This awareness allows people to dive deeper into your inner self and explore layers of your conscious mind. Mindful self-reflection can be initiated through practices such as meditation, where individuals focus on their 
breath or a specific mantra. Or it could be about creating a mental space that will promote introspection. So self-reflection is beneficial to your spiritual growth because it enhances your level of self-awareness. And when you have a practice of reflecting on your thoughts, your actions, and your emotions, you then are able to better understand your values, beliefs, and behaviors. And self-awareness can become a compass that guides you toward living in alignment with your inner truths. Also, when you reflect or self-reflect, you become better at being able to identify patterns in your thoughts, in your actions that are either in support of your spiritual growth or becoming a hindrance to it. Self-reflection also helps you to become more emotionally intelligent. The whole idea is that as you explore your own feelings without judgment, you develop an understanding of the intricacies of how your emotions can have an impact on your life. You will also have a sense of empathy and compassion for others experiencing similar challenges as you. So again, how do you incorporate self-reflection into your life? You can carve out time that can be as little as five minutes just to sit in silence. Or you can, if you're a journaler like myself, I love to journal, you can incorporate it into one of your journaling rituals. One common practice that people do is a stream of consciousness writing where in your journal practice, you can just write down every thought that flows through your mind without judgment. And then you can go back and reread it to see if you notice any patterns or check how much you've grown over time. You might notice each day that the quality or the types of thoughts that come out has shifted from the first time you began your writing or your journal practice till now. So self-reflection deepens your connection to the inner wisdom that often gets overshadowed by the noise of daily life. Through silent contemplation, mindfulness practices, or journaling, self-reflection can guide you toward self-discovery, authenticity, and a profound connection to the divine within. Another step is defining your core values. Well, I keep saying step, but these are just really strategies, not steps that you have to follow in any specific order. But anyway, two is define your core values. When you have a firm sense of your core values, it helps you to, sh- to be sure that you are living in alignment with your authentic self as you traverse the spiritual path. So core values are the principles and beliefs that resonate with you at your very core. It helps to shape your thoughts, your actions, and your decision. It helps to shape how you move about in life. So the benefit of having a defined set of core values that it can serve as an anchor for you during times of uncertainty by providing clarity and guidance. That's one way that you can be your own self-spiritual guide is by just being clear about what your values are and using them as a compass for you. It also helps to ensure you remain in integrity when faced with life's challenges and when having to make difficult decisions. You also gain insight into your motivations, desires, and the choices that bring you joy and fulfillment. When you have your own set of core values, it enables you to shed layers of conditioning and societal expectation, revealing the essence of your true self. And defining your core values also enhances your relationships. As you become more tuned to your values, you naturally attract connections with people that align with them. And on the flip side, the relationships that are no longer in service to where you are now on your spiritual growth journey will slowly fade away. So now, how do you define your core values? So think about what truly matters to you in your life. What experiences bring you fulfillment? 
What situations or characteristics of others frustrate you? What are your priorities in life? What are your beliefs about life, relationships, and success? What are you passionate about and why? As you explore these questions, you might find that certain words or themes consistently come to surface for you that can become building blocks for your core values. You can also use them to craft a list of potential core values that resonate the most with you. Your values should be a reflection of your authentic self, not what you think you should value or what you have been told. Once you have a general list, you can see if you can narrow it down even more to values that, when honored, make you feel the most aligned with yourself. When you have a set of values, you feel good about them and you want to integrate them into your daily life. You can revisit them on a regular basis. It can be moments of solitude during your daily spiritual practice or moments in when you're facing challenges that have you questioning whether or not you're living out of alignment with these values. It is also important to know that the spiritual journey is a dynamic process, so your values may change over time. And as you continue to go through periods of self-reflection, you will notice when and where your values will shift as you continue to live in alignment with your authentic self. So now number three, another strategy or approach that you can take is to educate yourself. Educating yourself is powerful for fostering spiritual growth as it offers a pathway towards self-discovery and a deepened sense of connection to the divine. Education can broaden your perspective on spirituality. Learning diverse spiritual teachings can help you to gain spiritual insight and expand your conscious mind. Even for myself for this new year, one of the things I'm recommitting myself back to is reading more books. So one way you can educate yourself is reading books. Furthermore, education serves as a catalyst for personal transformation. As you gain knowledge, you may encounter ideas that challenge existing beliefs, prompting a process of self-reflection and growth. This dynamic engagement with new concepts and perspective contributes to an evolving and enriched spiritual identity. So for me, one thing that challenged a belief for me was questioning the belief of hell. And that came from information that I've encountered as I was educating myself on the spiritual journey and learning that, for example, in the Jewish tradition or Jewish faith, there is no such thing as hell was mind-blowing for me being Christian and knowing that a part of the Torah includes a good amount of the biblical text that makes up the Old Testament and to know that within their faith and their tradition hell is not a thing and trying to wonder well where this idea or this assumption about hell came a place and came about and then doing more research to learn about how the concept of hell was developed throughout time that brought about a profound shift for me and has informed and shaped my beliefs on the existence of hell moving forward in my spiritual journey so another thing that educating yourself does is that it provides you with the wisdom to navigate your spiritual journey with discernment. With a deeper spiritual knowledge, you will be able to critically evaluate teachings from the gurus and discern which teachings resonate with you and your own values. This is important for maintaining authenticity on your path. It enables you to make informed choices about practices and beliefs that align with your evolving understanding. What is also important is that educating yourself enhances your ability to engage in meaningful dialogue with others on spiritual matters. It can also help you to build connection with others and find community amongst like-minded individuals. So 
Ways that you can educate yourself, I talked about it already a little bit, is to search for books on various philosophies, spiritual literatures, or teachings from various religious traditions. This can include sacred scriptures, writings of sp- from spiritual leaders, texts on different philosophers that resonate with your beliefs or values. As you read these books, you can reflect on any new insights that came up for you as you're going through them, and even be open to exploring the ones that kind of rub you the wrong way a bit and explore like why that is it may be it may further affirm rather where you are in your beliefs it may strengthen where you are in your beliefs as well too or it might be opportunity for it to explore whether or not that is a toxic belief or some area in your spirituality you may need to work on shifting you can also attend local or virtual workshops retreats or classes that introduce you to new perspective and techniques. Some Buddhist um, meditation centers offer classes on meditation for beginners, for example. There are also communities that have a few spiritual health and wellness centers that offer courses on things like astrology, understanding the chakra system, or with classes for you to learn Reiki, if that's something you're interested in. You can essentially find whatever piques your interest out there in some form of workshop, course or retreat. So incorporating education into your spiritual growth journey is not just about acquiring information. It's about embracing a lifelong journey of curiosity and self-discovery. So with that, I encourage you to take your time. A lot of times I hear people say things like they feel like they're so far behind and they feel like they have a lot to catch up on. Listen, the information out there is immense. You will never, ever feel like you've truly caught up. All that matters that you have uh, an air of openness and commitment to a life of learning and spiritual growth. So now for my fourth strategy, which is to identify strengths and skills. Knowing your unique skills, strengths, gifts, and abilities often overlooked as a strategy that can empower you on your spiritual journey as you move toward growth and transformation. When you know your skills and strengths, then backing them up by putting them into action helps you to foster a sense of purpose. When you engage in activities that align with your innate abilities, you naturally gravitate toward a life that feels authentic and fulfilling. This creates a deeper connection with your spiritual self and a profound sense of purpose in the world. It also helps to reinforce a positive self-image that becomes a catalyst for spiritual growth as you navigate life's challenges with a sense of feeling empowered. So that's why it's very important to know who you are and know where your strengths lie. You may already know what your skills and strengths are, but if you don't, you can start by asking your near and dear friends or trusted family members to tell you what they think your strengths are. If you are not, then I invite you to self-reflect. Think about what your greatest accomplishments were. What skills or strengths do you believe attributed to your success? Consider your career even. What compliments have you received at work or what have led you to excel in your career? What personal qualities do you value within yourself? What is something you know that you are really good at? Another practical tip is to document moments in your life when you feel a deep connection with your inner self and others. And think about what skills and strengths led to those moments. This practice will help you to become more aware of your inerrant abilities and serves as a reminder of the positive impact you can have on the world when operating from a place of strength. 
Hopefully, this gives you a good place to start. This initial contemplation can reveal the unique gifts and talents that you have at the core of your spiritual being. So another strategy you can try is to explore in your interests. Explore interests is a fun one because it's all about allowing yourself the freedom to identify and pursue activities that generally captivate your attention. It's all about following your curiosity and engaging in activities that interest and excite you can ignite a profound connection with yourself, your inner self, and create moments of inspiration and contentment. This joy then becomes fuel for spiritual growth. As you engage in different activities, you may discover hidden talents and interests that you didn't even know you had. This is a self-discovery process that helps you to become more in line with a life that is in alignment with your authentic self. And the exploration of interests serves as a gateway to creativity. Creativity is a powerful, powerful tool for spiritual growth, opening channels up for inspiration and deepen your connection with the universal creative energy and for manifestation. So start with what you have been most curious about. This can be anything from engaging in activities that explore your artistic side. It could be a hands-on type of activity or some type of intellectual project. So for example, you might have been interested and always wanted to learn how to paint, try it out, woodwork, or you might want to be, another one was, like I've tried this before, um, like archery. Not as easy as it looks, by the way, but one example is doing archery, uh, joining a local club. It could be like a debate club. I I was interested at one point in time and I tried joining a debate club in my past. Or it could even be going back to school. For some people, it's just going back to school and pursuing another career or another passion. Ultimately, exploring your interests is a sacred pilgrimage into the realms of your own potential. Know that we are multidimensional beings with various gifts, talents, interests, and abilities. Celebrate your multifaceted nature and embrace your curiosities. Follow your interests and let the exploration of your passions become a transformative and joyful dance into the path of spiritual growth. So now I'm going to get into my next strategy, which is set goals with purpose. Setting goals is important for our spiritual growth journey because it helps us to make sure that our daily actions are in alignment with our aspirations and our values. Purpose-driven goals help to keep you on track. Purpose-driven goals provide a clear sense of direction. When you have clarity about your goals, and that means then your daily actions become sacred rituals that propel you toward growth. Purpose-driven goals help to foster resilience and perseverance. When your goals are rooted in a deep sense of purpose, it becomes easier to overcome challenges you may experience and use them as opportunities for learning. You also build resilience that give you the power to sustain through the process of transformation. When you have purpose-driven goals, you get a sense of fulfillment. It's not just about external results or of your accomplishments. It's also the internal results. You know it feels great when you have met a goal and you can openly celebrate it. But when you are able to achieve a goal that you have set for yourself, you also receive personal affirmation. This fulfillment is not merely a result of an external accomplishment, but an internal affirmation that you are living in accordance with your spiritual values. 
So following purpose-driven goals can become a spiritual practice because as you work towards each goal, you are giving yourself the opportunity to self-reflect, redefine and evaluate your values, edify your mind through gaining new information about yourself and the world around you, improve upon your strengths, and explore new interests, which are all the key things I just mentioned. Whether the goal is to or whether the goal is about your own personal development, being in service to others, or manifesting a dream, the process becomes a sacred dance between intention and action. So when you set goals, it is important to periodically review and readjust your goals with your evolving values and beliefs. This is to make sure that your goals are always in congruence with your authentic self. Take time and reflect on your values and principles so that you can use them as a compass in your goal setting process. When you set your goals, it might also be helpful for you to break down the main goal into smaller steps to make it easier for you to manage and feel possible for you to achieve. Also, it's sometimes helpful to focus on one area of your life at a time. And once you fully accomplished one goal in that area, then you can move on to tackling the next goal. Just know that setting goals with purpose is an ongoing and evolving process. So take your time and allow each step on your journey to become a deliberate and purposeful step. And so now my seventh strategy is to embrace failure as a tool for learning. To embark on this journey, it's important to cultivate a mindset that reframes failure as a stepping stone rather than a stumbling block. You see, failure is not evidence of inadequacy but a natural part of the learning process on the spiritual path. Think about a science experience, for example. So I'm a bit of a science nerd. I actually started out um, my college career with a major in science and biology. So I know quite a bit about what I'm talking about here. So if you think about a science experiment, or if you remember back from those days when you were in high school, you last took a science class, you always start out with your hypothesis. That means you make an educated guess about what results you expect to see after carrying out a given experience experiment. But in science, if your guess is off, it isn't a failure. If you did not see the results that you expected to see, it's not considered a failure. Instead, the results you get, no matter how far off your hypothesis was, is used as information that you can learn from. So it isn't about proving anything. It's, oh, I have a thought. I am curious about learning something about it. Let me go and test this thought out to see if it is true or to see what I can learn from it. So the benefits of embracing failure as a spiritual growth strategy fosters humility and vulnerability. We all know failure is an inerrant part of our human experience. It allows us to let go of ego-driven expectations. This humility opens the heart to compassion, both for ourselves and for others. So contributing to a more authentic and interconnected spiritual journey. Failure serves as a catalyst for self-reflection and refinement. Facing setbacks is a perfect time to self-reflect and identify any lessons that may be embedded within the experience. This allows you to transform your failures into a valuable teacher. If you love journaling, you can also document the key insights you have gathered from that experience. Failure also serves as a mirror reflecting aspects of yourself that may require attention in the moment. In the face of a failure, you may be confronted with limiting beliefs and 
thought patterns that hinder growth. Use these moments of reflection as a guide for inner work and self-development. This also helps to increase your level of self-awareness and contributes to a deepening of your spiritual journey. So a key tip for embracing failure as a teacher is to foster a growth mindset. Look at challenges as opportunities for learning rather than an obstacle. With a growth mindset, you will be able to cultivate resilience and a belief that you have the capacity to continuously evolve. When embracing failure, you might find it helpful to shift the focus from seeking external validation to reflecting on internal growth. So of course, there are there's nothing inherently wrong, rather, with wanting to be acknowledged, especially when you have made a, an accomplishment in your life. But being overly focused on the external validation can lead to becoming overly critical of yourself. So, for example, people who are always waiting for or seeking approval or disapproval from others to determine what actions they, they can take. So it can sound like I'm 40 years old, single mother with kids. I'm thinking of going back to school. Let me go and talk about it with my friends and see what they say. But what if your friends disapprove? That's how your dreams become crumbled. Or it could look like, oh, I took my GREs for grad school, but I failed. So now I quit. I don't think grad school is for me. Maybe grad school is for you. And don't let that one minor obstacle become a reason that you don't you you fail to try again or you cho- you block yourself from trying again. A lot of people who have a fear of failure is because they are holding on to this idea of perfectionism. I know people who will never try anything new if they know that they're not going to succeed at it. They are only interested in doing what comes easy to them. Now, what experience do you think will help you to experience the greatest amount of growth in life? Will it be the experience that come easy to you that you don't have to think twice about that you could do in your sleep? Or will it be those experiences that provide a challenge? Well, if you agree with the latter, then that means you have to be willing to make mistakes in order to succeed in it. So to embrace failure, you may even have to redefine what success looks like for you. If you measure success solely on external outcomes or whether or not a goal was achieved, then you will miss the internal shifts that occurred, the wisdom you've acquired, and the strength that you gain through the process. So embracing failure as a spiritual growth strategy is an ongoing process of surrender and resilience. Know that every stumble is a step toward greater self-awareness and spiritual evolution. So let failure be your teacher, guiding you toward a more profound understanding of yourself and the unfolding spiritual journey before you. So now you are equipped with seven transformative strategies for the new year. Self-reflect, get clear on your values, educate yourself, know your strength, follow your curiosity, set goals, and embrace failure. Thank you for listening and don't forget to tune in next week for more spiritual tips and strategies to jumpstart your growth and transform your year. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Love a Soulful Rebellion podcast? Well, here are a few ways that you can support. Write a raving review or leave a five-star rating wherever you are listening. Share this episode on social media or with a friend. Also, if you'd like to connect with me, and you can call, you can shoot me a DM on Instagram at a Soulful Rebellion. 
Thanks again, and don't forget to subscribe so that you're notified as soon as the next episode is out.